0: Namu myoho renge kyo, namu myoho renge kyo, namu myoho renge kyo. Hi, how you doing? I hope this finds you in good health, secure. Thank you for your being here and your practice, yes? Uh, I want to do a little catch-up today. I noticed uh, that there's a, well, I noticed one uh, short video missing from uh, Buddhism Reference Volume 1, or the first book. Uh, on Nirvana. I thought I'd covered that, but evidently that was a late addition to the book and it didn't make it into video. There may be others, so I'll have to check more thoroughly, I suppose. But So let's talk about Nirvana. I've talked about it in several videos. Uh, I actually did, and because I noticed it this morning, I looked at the publication and I noticed it needed a little bit more, so I actually added something to it. The new version is available now as an ebook and uh, also on Lulu as a uh, print book and if you've already got it don't worry it's a very small uh, edit but uh, I do encourage you to add it either in a column or some kind of note um, or I can send it you if you show me your receipt from your purchase then i'll uh, I'll send you a new PDF how's that i, I You'll recognize this discussion, but if you're going to have a reference, it, sh- it should be in there, yeah. Um, where are you? Where are you? Okay, I need to open my PDF so that I can go over it with you. Here we go. Uh, well, I didn't want it in that window, but let's see. Nirvana, Nirvana, Nirvana. We talk about there being, uh, and I'm sure you've heard this before, two different uh, nirvanas, right? Uh, And this is where it can get confusing because I say that, I've said that often, but I've noticed, especially in the Lotus Sutra, and as we've been reading yet another translation of the Lotus Sutra, there's a lot of specificity made on the Arhat versus the Bodhisattva. It's not... Set side by side, like this column Marhawk, this column but maybe and that, yeah, that's an idea. Maybe I should do something like that. Let me know in the comments what you think. That's something I could post on uh, threefoldlotus.com as a you know, a visual reminder of what the differences are, because this question comes up a lot. Um, so let's read what's in the book in the reference manual, and then we can talk about it a little bit more. I don't want to make this long, though. This is meant to be an audio version, podcast version of the book. So Um, Nirvana, two uh, two quick um, word associations, liberation and buddhaness. But liberation and buddhaness are not necessarily the same thing. So that's where they're identified separately here, right? So there are two types of nirvana in Buddhist thought. The first is the nirvana of remainder. You may have heard this before. In early Buddhist teachings, this was thought to be the goal of practice uh, and the end of human form or reincarnation, future lives, which is not Buddhist thinking at all. This is a hangover from different Hinduist uh, schools, uh, religions, and, and so forth in India, which was at the time, incredibly magical, mystical thinking. Yes, it's a very ancient society. And although early Vedic teachings weren't nearly as mystical, yes, they used, not unlike uh, Egyptians, Mesopotamians, used animals and uh, in, in, in different forms, quote unquote, to identify different aspects of life. Uh, over time, on the Indian continent, or country, part of the Asian continent, with all of its people, started to infuse these teachings with their own personal folklore, their areas. Right there's all sorts of districts and cu- very disparate cultures all across India. Yeah, you know? it's not just a homogenous country. Uh, if you're if you've never been there or know anything about India and their cultures. Uh, you would make the great mistake, as we learn in the West, that India is just full of those uh, brown Indian people, Asian Indian people. But we don't consider that there's vast differences in language and culture and influence. So by the time Shakyamuni comes around, it's quite a huge uh, mixture, right, of ideas and fantasies and all sorts of stuff. So Uh, In that environment, the idea of reincarnation was just, that's what you grew up with. You just thought that way. And even though Buddhism, Shakyamuni, really broke from that. I mean, impermanence, anatman, all these teachings, trying to break that thought free out of people's minds at first for many years, and even to this day. I mean, Tibetan Buddhism. (laughs) Come on. Anyway, I'll go on. Of course, this is a self-obsessed ideal that is incomplete. What do I mean by that? Incomplete enlightenment, right? The Arhat, the Shravaka and Prataka Buddhas moving toward their goal of Arhat, thought to be enlightenment, is still based on the body. This is my last body, (laughs) Enlightenment isn't based on the body. That very problem is what reincarnation, the thinking about reincarnation, establishes this, this fantasy of an eternal, everlasting soul, Atman, right? This identity, this bag of Betty, this box of Bob. There's no such... A, 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 you can't identify that. There's no experience of that. That's fantasy, right? That's a fantasy created out of the fear of death. Well, if I go on after death, then I don't have to fear it so much. I'll go to a, quote, better place, whether it's the Garden of Eden, or it's uh, Amitabha's or Amida Buddha's pure land. You know, read the Vimalakirti. Kirti. The Vimalakirti Kirti makes it really, in so many words, The pure land, the Buddha land, is the land you're in. End of sentence. So, let's go on. Also known in Mahayana as the ultimate state of bodhisattva, or stage of non-regression, when the student, bodhisattva, has successfully enveloped all moment-to-moment samsaric existence with buddhaness. Right? See the nine consciousnesses video that I did, or the Wuji to you and me video, more specifically, uh, video that I did, where I, on the drawing board I show the eight consciousnesses, and then the ninth, when you enlighten, open the Buddha eye, wraps around the whole thing so that it's all purified, uh, freed from craving and clinging. Yeah? This is to course, to be in. To course, course. Why the word course? Because there is no solitary status, static moment. The moments are constantly replenished. They don't exist. They, they, they come into being just to be experienced and then disappear and transfer a momentum of karmic energy from moment to moment to moment. We are momentum. Time before and after becomes irrelevant because it's the moment that we're constantly flowing through that is the experience of the engine of life. And when you do this, that is the Buddha eye opening, then to drag along the past or try to look forward into some fanciful imaginary future, it's... You're so busy being in the moment, there's no, it's irrelevant to do that. It's a waste of time to do that. It is those very attachments, craving and clinging, clinging to the past, craving the next, more, 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 that precipitates all of our suffering, anxiety, pain, blah, blah, blah. It's really that simple. So, A bodhisattva is still a physical human sentient mind existing moment to moment in this flow, this opportunity to witness and be engaged in the engine of life. This is the fabulous, precious moment of life as a human. When we die, ends. Ends. Because all of that experience happens where? In the mind. When your body dies, there's no support for an emergent property we call mind. The mind's gone. Doesn't exist. There is no trace of it. Hmm? The influences of the mind on those around us and around us, well, Shakyamuni talks about that all the time in, in the Lotus, certainly. About the influence of your bodhisattva coursing in this life influence on others will last so many kalpas so many this or that will reach so many people but that's not you personally that's your influence because it's affected other people's perceptions their own path to enlightenment right okay so to course in the samsaric world of ordinary beings with a mind state of buddhaness is to be constantly replenishing and making ourselves aware of buddhaness, and with that awareness, influence others to do the same. In other words, the nirvana of this type indicates a living being, completely liberated from attachment and clinging, while still in the realm of forms. Hmm? The second is the nirvana of no remainder. Now that's, that can be slippery and confusing, so let's walk through that. Simply put, this nirvana is a liberation from attachment and clinging in addition to liberation from the realms of form. Now what happens when you leave the realm of form? Remember the nidana? Remember the engine of life? Quiescent energy, formlessness... Through formation becomes form. That is karma. So when your body, your form ends, we call it extinction, because it's not only the body that is extinct, it is more to the point, the mind that is extinct. Now, if your mind is extinct, where is the attachment? Where's craving and clinging? All of that happens in the mind, not in the body. Oh, but what about addiction? Addiction is in the mind. Yes, the body is affected. Absolutely, no argument. But the addiction part? But my body craves because you set it up that way. Because your addiction, your addicted mind, conditions your body to crave along with your mind. And they work together, right? Body and mind, body and mind. But the addiction part is your craving and clinging. That's a mind problem. So if the body dies off, obviously the body has no needs anymore. But the craving and clinging that was associated with it in the mind also no longer exists. So would that not be complete detachment from the samsaric realm of forms, meditation, everything? Yeah, that would be ultimate nirvana or pari nirvana, right? Mahapari nirvana or the nirvana of extinction, the nirvana of no remainder. But none of us want that and we know it's coming, so we prepare by exi- by living our lives to the full and to live your life and how does shakyamuni label it full complete enlightenment it happens as a bodhisattva so this is the place this is your reason for being being the most full expression of your potential hmm? in this life assisting others to do the same That is the purpose of life. And that is a noteworthy nirvana. That's why it's identified as such. It's not the same as the nirvana of an arhat, which is still very much attached to the body and the self. Mm. The bodhisattva's nirvana of remainder is one of coursing with the Buddha mind, the complete liberated mind, with no, no concern of past, present, future, body, self. It's all about the experience, the Dharma. It's a big difference. This is, of course, the experience of extinction as the body dies and the sentient mind ceases. This term as a far more ancient root used before Shakyamuni Buddha, this is demonstrative through dictionary definitions like the following. This is what you might find in the dictionary. For instance, this is from the American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language, 5th edition. It says, noun, a state in which the mind, enlightened as to the illusory nature of the self, transcends all suffering and attains peace. Do you see how that's still a samsara goal? To endeavor to be peaceful is to be in this body fully, but just not bothered. That's not a full perfect enlightenment, is it? To call that nirvana, as Shakyamuni points out in the Lotus Sutra, not so. Second, a state in which the soul, come on having relinquished individual attachments and recognized its identity with brahman escapes samsara that's just that's not even buddhism that's a leftover from hindu thinking hinduist hinduisms hmm? third an ideal condition of rest harmony stability or joy once again this is sounds like zen it's not clearly buddhist Right, Zen has teachings from other Dogen and so on and so forth, other outside influences and teachings. So it's important to us as modern Buddhists is to cast out the misinformation of terms like soul. Also, shoehorned into Buddhism is the ancient idea of death as a final release leading to reincarnation to continue the work of spiritual work. Please see the definitions of death and birth in this volume, right? So that's that's it, that's the little entry on, uh, of course I embellished it a lot, but that's the entry in the book. So now you have a uh, podcast, a audio and a video podcast of, uh, of that term. And I will research the book and see if I've missed anything else. And we will quickly uh, add those videos. Uh, I have a ton of videos to add for volume two, uh, that's coming up soon too. So, thank you for listening. Please take care of your health. Reference all the links in the uh, in the description. Take you to the website, to the bookstore, whatever you need to support your practice and to support this resource. Yeah, thank you for that. Liking and subscribing is very helpful. Doesn't cost you anything but a few seconds, and it helps promote this resource to more people. So that's a Bodhisattva thing in itself take care of your health. I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.